Rush is back. Final hour. Teddy Lehman here. Josh Helmer hanging out in studio. 651-3439 Air Comfort Solutions text line. Tyler McComas on location. The ref, Tulsa Day. It's been at Trey's Bar and Grill out of 108th Street. What's been going on out there, Tyler? Man, it's packed full of Sooner fans. Uh, just met Zane in Tulsa for the first time. He is an awesome guy. Everyone's coming by and getting 31st listener T-shirts. We have a couple other T-shirts that are out here as well. Uh, Travis Davidson, who runs a place, just made Barstool an hour ago. So he's the biggest time person in the entire city of Tulsa right now. So it's cool, man. It's a, it's a party. they got an awesome Christmas tree in here. Uh, they got jerseys all over the wall. It's 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 awesome, man. If you're a sports fan in Tulsa, why come anywhere else other than Trey's Bar and Grill? Like you said, it's it's sweet. Uh, good deal. So the the big story today is it's been uh, made official. Tyler Jeff Lebby, offensive coordinator. Ted Roof, defensive coordinator, and. Lebby seems to be received well, uh, has been a big-time up-and-comer. Track record uh, recently kind of speaks for itself with what his offenses have done. Roof is a little bit of a different story. He's been around college football for a long time, both as a player, uh, as a coach. Since, what, the mid-'80s he's been at it, was a GA at Alabama all the way back in the 80s, and has bounced around a lot. Uh, was a head coach at Duke for a sm- uh, small stint. Uh, was not a successful stint. Uh, was a defensive coordinator on a national championship Auburn team and uh, has continued to bounce around. Ended up there with Clemson for a very short period and Venables uh, thought enough of him to bring him here. So it is an interesting hire. I don't know uh, – really anything about it other than what I can read in a bio it's just gonna have to be one of those things where you see how it plays out yeah like what does it mean for like during the gay actual game does it mean that Ted Roof is going to be calling the defense or does it mean that Brent Venables is actually going to be calling the defense don't know that yet right my guess is probably Venables but I don't know kind of like I said the other day Defense is easier to hand over play calling duties. I, you almost like the plays are almost already called throughout the week whenever you're putting the game plan together. This is what we like on third down. You're probably going to have one or two coverages on third based off of what you've been getting and a couple of blitzes on third. So, like, it's situationally already cooked in that you've just got a handful of calls for all of those situations. So handing over play calling duty isn't nearly as big of a deal on the defensive side. What about BV in his new contract only getting $400,000 in incentive money if they win the national championship? Well, that's it? 400 k for winning the title? That should be like a million, dude. Dang. I don't know. That's a good question. 400 k seems like a lot to me, but – it is a lot, but winning the Natty Man for the first time in like 22 years, I, 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 I say give him a million. Come on, give him a million of your money. I'll, I'll donate to the, um, I'll donate to the the fund if he wins a national championship. So will I. So will I, man. Now, uh, oh, you got a great deal today, Compa- especially compared to what they would have had to pay Lincoln Riley. 
had he accepted that extension that he was probably going to get this offseason that none of us would have been happy about. You, I mean, right, Teddy? You essentially got a potentially a much better coaching staff for a cheaper price. Bargain shoppers. Yeah, potentially. Potentially. Uh, you know, we, we all have to – it looks it looks good right now. Maybe we're singing a tune midseason next year. I don't know. But as of right now, I like how it looks. Now, uh, we still haven't filled out the defensive staff, which brings me to a text message. Could you talk about why you think some of the defensive staff didn't get to stay? Tibbs, Odom, Kane seem to be good coaches that Venables would like. Uh, as people, why didn't why didn't he retain them? I I don't know. I can't answer that question for Venables. My guess is, before he took the job, he made a decision as to who he wants to bring in, and he's got reasons why he thinks they would be better fits here uh, in his system, on this staff at Oklahoma than the current guys. That's the only thing I can say. Other than that, I don't know. Yeah, um, I, I don't. I guess everyone now is looking for a reason to. No, nah, no, I, I don't even think that that's accurate. I, I, w- what I'm going to say is, I feel like we finally found the one thing that people might be critical about Brent Venables. You know, because four days ago I thought, God, Teddy, this guy can do no wrong, and for the most part, that's still accurate. But the one thing people are going to criticize next year, if it deserves it, is, well, he just did a terrible job hiring assistants. If things don't go well next year. I feel like that's what most people will say if they don't live up to expectations. Yeah, and it depends how things go wrong, you know. Um, And, you know, it's kind of smart to install a buffer zone between the defense and yourself as head coach, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, I don't know. My feelings right now are good. You know, I – the reason I feel good is because I feel like we addressed some of the deeper issues with the program. You know, we've been winning at a good clip, but everyone can see that there's been issues that have have plagued the team. Detail-oriented issues, um, physicality, toughness-related uh, issues, and that's what a lot of people wanted to address and it feels like we've done a really good job addressing those now we have to wait and see what it looks like on the football field and i i do believe that there could be uh, some growing pains now what is, what a growing pains look like i'm not necessarily sure right now our schedule is one next year especially with what the big 12 looks like that you know should be pretty manageable the Baylor game is going to be a really tough football game you know the Texas game is going to be the Texas game no matter how I mean there were a five and seven team this year and they had us down what 28-7 so uh, that game's always going to be uh, anyone's guess going into it but I feel good about it we'll see if they can develop the culture you know who knows we may have uh like Two or three weeks into winter workouts, we may have guys dropping like flies and hitting the transfer portal. You just never know. Sure. What do you think, uh, by the way, Jeff Levy uh, officially announced today as the offensive coordinator. What do you think his mindset is, I guess, going into this role with OU? Is it, well, 
this is just the next stepping stone for me to get an impressive head coaching job or because it, it feels pretty well documented that he wanted to be at OU. And that's why he's at OU, because he wanted to be here. He graduated here from all that. Is he looking at this gig as, eh, it's a one- to two-year stop for me. It's my offense. Then I'm going to get a bigger head coaching job. Or is he maybe taking the mindset of Brent Vittables and saying, you know what, if they pay me well and they take care of me, I'm willing to stay at OU as an OC for several years. Where, where do you think Where do you think he's at? I think that he is willing to stay at OU as long as it takes to win a championship. Really? Wow. Now, huh. no, that's that's a guess. Like this is me, just you know, kind of projecting this a bit. But I don't think that I don't think Lebby wants to have two pretty good years and then go take a middle of the road head coaching job. I just don't. I don't think that's that's what he wants to do. I think he wants to win a national championship as an offensive coordinator, and. You know, heck, who knows what it looks like? Maybe win a couple of them, and have an opportunity to take something really, really big, really, really good. Just a guess. Don't know. Maybe he hasn't even thought about it that far in the future. His only thought right now is to win as many football games as possible and have the best offense in the country. Yeah. Well, it, it would be interesting. It's hypothetical, I know, but it'd be interesting to see. Does Clemson ever make? the climb that they do if Brent Venables leaves after year three or year four and takes a head coaching job. Uh, maybe they do. I, I don't know. But right behind Dabo is Brent Venables and importance for Clemson to make that run. So if OU with BV at head coach can kind of have that next guy who's going to be a really good OC and stay for four or five years, that climb that we're talking about, that could end up being a pretty massive, you know, part of the story here. If right. Jeff Levy's willing to do that, like you're kind of guessing, that's, That'd be that'd be huge, right? No, I, I I think so, and and I could be totally wrong on that. He may use this as an opportunity to stay a couple years, fire off a couple of really nice offenses, and take the first head coaching job that is decent that he's offered. I don't know. My guess is he'd like to win a championship here at uh, the place he went to school, and you know chose to come back to over, over excuse me over other good offers yeah. now it's not like he chose to go to Kansas State over LSU I mean Oklahoma is still an absolute top-notch destination for an offensive coordinator so I, we're saying he chose Oklahoma over other places well you know that's <laughs> it was still probably the best option out there as far as schools money wise not necessarily but it's a great opportunity and we can win a championship here we can sure yeah no hey I, and i don't think that your thought process is is crazy from a former alum but i, I think we also realize that you know if after year one or year two if you know for some reason like a&m called or Florida called, or, you know, the types of jobs that I'm talking about, he might be like, yeah, man, I." if the situation's not just dire there, he's probably going to feel like, man, I, I have to go take this, regardless of what the situation is. So, 
We'll, well see if he gets any of those opportunities. Well, here's a text that says uh, Jeff Lebby's going to be a lifer at Oklahoma. Oh, I like that. Well, okay. because OU won't win a national championship. Oh, dang. Really? Someone said that? Way to bring down the positivity on a Friday. We got the OU Club of Tulsa here. You can't be saying those types of things in front of them. Well, here's the here's the track record, though. Uh, Teddy needs to shut up. Uh, causing that was issues. From me. That was from me. What are you trying to prove, Teddy? Everyone is already out. Uh, how do you know, Ted? So, I don't know. Should have hired Gary Gibbs. Hey, isn't that funny? Like, you're actually... You're giving an opinion that works out best case scenario for OU, and people still get mad at you. <laughs> Don't you love that? Well, Isn't that interesting? Well, hey, just because they're listening doesn't mean they're OU fans. And hey, ah, you got to hey. have some of that every now and then just to keep you level headed to make sure am I looking at this thing appropriately? You know, those but, those yeah. perspectives are needed. Yeah. But, I, you know, and maybe OU won't win a national championship. I, if you said, I'll take the field over OU for the next 10 years, that's probably a pretty good bet. But, you know, I, I feel like if, if we get the right things going, we make the right moves, we might make the right changes to the program, not just culture, not just, um, you know, physicality, but resources, backing of the program, like, some some things that you need to have to make yourself able to compete in the SEC. I think if we do that stuff and do it right, I think oh, you can win a national championship. I do. We'll get to more of those lovely texts, I'm sure, coming up next segment. I can't wait to hear. Wait to hear what everyone thinks. Oh, boy. Yeah. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Keep hitting us on the Air Comfort Solutions text line 651-3439. Final hour of Rush on this Tulsa Day Friday. Live at Trey's Bar and Grill, 7891 East 108th Street right here in Tulsa. Man, so many Tulsa listeners have come by all day today. Jimmy in Tulsa, he was just here. Zane in Tulsa, they were just here. Um, it's It's been really, really cool and appreciate all you Tulsa listeners for showing out uh, all day long right here on Ref Tulsa Day. And uh, I promise you we're going to be doing it again very, very, very soon. Hey, no interest tomorrow night in the Heisman Trophy ceremony, right? It doesn't seem like there's any point to watch a two-hour thing when we know that Bryce Young's going to win the thing. Yeah, frankly, the only time I've watched the Heisman ceremony recently is whenever there's a chance I hear Billy Sims saying, (laughs) Boomer! 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 Over and over. Tw- well, you you, you got to do it 26 more times to <laughs> accurately represent what it sounds like. <laughs> fair point. Yeah, I no, I'm not interested at all. Bryce Young's going to win the thing. He won it last Saturday night. Uh, yeah, I won't be watching. In that in that crazy though, and uh, it sucks to have to give Nick Saban credit, but if we're going to be fair, it's amazing that he won national championships plural. With a ground and pound, three yards in a cloud of dust, quarterback is the game manager type of offense. And now, Teddy, in back-to-back years, he's going to have a wide receiver and a quarterback that's won the award. It sucks to give him credit, but that's how much he's changed over the past decade. And he's, he's benefited because of it. You know what's crazy? 
last year, it probably should have been um, Mac Jones, Najee Harris, and I can't even remember the wide receiver that actually won it. What was his Devontae name? Devontae Smith. And Devontae. Who, who those should have been the three finalists for the award. Uh, I know. Honestly. <laughs> this is crazy. Najee Harris was the only one out of the three that wasn't a finalist, right? Right. He's probably yeah. the best player out of all of them. Yep. Yep, that's right. Um, you want to hit the text line? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do we got? Uh, AT&T free message. November bill is paid. Thanks. Here's a little <laughs> gift for you. And there's a link. Don't open it. You're going to destroy the entire station if you open that. Don't. Oh, that's Don't. funny. Uh, here's here's a good question. Who's Who will call and coach the defense in the Alamo Bowl? All the defensive staff is at USC, uh, John and Dallas. The a, a group of the staff is going to be coming back and coaching the bowl game from the previous staff. Uh, I don't know who on the new staff will be there. Um, a lot of those guys have bowl obligations at their old uh, place. Like It wouldn't shock me if Lebby is back calling plays in the bowl game uh, against Baylor. So, uh, But as far as Oklahoma is concerned, Odom is going to be coming back, and he's going to be calling the defense uh, for the Sooners. I'm not sure what other coaches are going to be back and coaching the bowl game. You kind of have to do it that way because you can't have a new staff call the the offense and the defense with all of the different lingo. I don't think there's enough time for them to learn it and call it and expect, expect them to be able to put a good product out there on the field. So that's why you have to have the old staff stay and run the bowl game. It's a weird yeah. It's a weird scenario, but that's just kind of how it has to be done. Yeah. It, it is it is an odd scenario, but like I, at least I believe that none of those guys knew that Lincoln was leaving until we all found out that Lincoln was leaving. So it's going to be weird seeing those guys back, especially some USC guys. But I don't – maybe I'm wrong about this text line. I, I know will correct me if I'm wrong. I don't feel like there's any bad blood, though, with Alex Grinch or Brian Odom. I mean, there's bad blood with Roy Manning. But outside that, I don't – I think everyone understands their situation, right? Or do I have that totally wrong? Uh, I think so. I think that's true. I don't know why they would have any bad blood. Everyone got I, – I don't even know why there's bad blood with Manning. Now, I know he was recruiting for USC when he should have been recruiting for Oklahoma, but you think he wanted to be doing that? There's a reason he was doing that, and that's because the head coach left and put him in a really bad spot where he didn't know if he was going to have a job from the new incoming coach. He was probably at that point obviously promised a job out at USC, so I, he's he's put in a, a really difficult position. Now, he didn't make the right move, but I mean, you have to understand it from his perspective, you know? Yeah. Uh, what's next? Uh, let's see here. Uh, sorry, I had scrolled way down. This person is claiming they had the original idea for the uh, 31st listener t-shirt. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I love that. <laughs> Good text. Someone was concerned about is Venables going to be able to fix the tackling inconsistency that we've had. And 
He's going to have to, right? Like that is – that's kind of one of the reasons he's been brought here is, you know, the inconsistent play that we've had defensively over the years. It, and, you know, there, there's multiple reasons why, but one of them is just flat-out tackling, right? And tackling comes from a lot of the, the other issues that we've talked about with toughness and details and discipline and all of that stuff. But I, we'll know right away if this team is is going to – like next year, the, the one of the biggest things to, to check next year, like record is going to be one thing, but defensively, do we tackle better as a group and do we do it week in, week out, right? Yeah, I mean, here, here would be my guess, and this probably represents what I think the, of the majority of the team's going to look like. Early on, it's going to be, eh, you know, it, it, it's better, but eh. And by the end of the year, we can see a team that's that's tackling a lot better. Because, look, man, B, BV knows, again, when we talk about championship pedigree, that's what tackling is. It's fundamentals. BV knows that. When he watches film of last year's team, he's going to say, like we all said, my God, why can't they tackle? Why are they missing so many tackles? So to get to that championship pedigree, he knows where this defense has to get to. Yes, I- I'm sure that not only do they emphasize it, Teddy, I'm sure maybe to a point they overemphasize tackling next season because that is the first major step to getting this program back where it needs to get to to be a championship you know, type of contender. Right, and – you know, it's a it's a point that I've always made on radio, and people hate hearing it. But the scheme does not matter. The call, the coverage does not matter. It's offense and defense. It's how the players execute whatever it is that they're supposed to execute. Pretty much everything that you call should be able to defend against most any play that an offense is going to run. I mean, you have to design it that way. And it's about how you get your players to understand the scheme and execute the scheme. It's not about what is the scheme. Like, almost all all of the stuff in college football is the same. Everyone runs pretty much some version of the same thing. It's, it's kind of gone that way offensively as well. It's about whether or not you can get your guys to execute those. So... Like I'm, I, I, I really don't care about the scheme. It's about how our players play within it. And like everyone wants to know, like, what are we going to do? Are we going to run a 3-4? Are we going to run a 4-3? Or is it going to be a 3-5? Or all of those things. Like, that doesn't matter. It's do the guys tackle within it, you know? Sure, yeah. Uh, you want to get to a few more before we hit a break? Uh, yes. Um... This guy asked if the old staff is going to sabotage in the bowl game. <laughs> and I said, I text back and said no. And he said, you didn't want to read it on the air. Uh, so, yeah. Well, not- they need to let us know. They need to let us know if they are so we can hammer Oregon plus four and a half. No doubt. Please. Let us know. Let please. us know. Like, for example, Brian Odom is going to be calling the defense. As far as I know, it's the first time in his career – He's been able to call a defense from the sideline, especially for like a program like Oklahoma in a bowl game. And he's got an opportunity to work under Brent Venables doing it. I think Brent Venables is going to kind of oversee some stuff throughout the buildup to the bowl game. I, he's not, I don't think at least – well, Coach Stoops seemed to suggest that he wouldn't this morning, but he, he said he'd leave it up to, to Venables. Like he, he, 
this is a great opportunity for Brian Odom to show Venables what he's got. Who knows sure. what yep. happens and if he would ever want to hire him as a DC or a backer coach and have another opportunity. Like, because that bridge isn't burned. I, right. I wouldn't think that it is. Right. Right. I. I mean, that's that's the. That's what you're always trying to do, and you know I've always said this about players as well. Like sometimes we suggest that players, well, they didn't want to or they didn't try, and they did that on purpose. And I'm always saying like that film lives forever, and it's got your name on it. And you know, for the coaches walking the sideline, that film's got your name on it. So if yep. you want to go out there and sabotage, well, guess what? Everyone's going to be able to see it on film. So I would say that they're not going to do that. I think that you're addicted to the text line now, now that you're responding back to people. I love this. I think it's great. I think it's awesome for one day. And after today, <laughs> I don't think I ever want to see it again. <laughs> I, 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 like Every few weeks, like once a month, I feel like we should have a Teddy takes the text line day. Uh, I think yeah, that'd be. I think that. that'd be amazing. Maybe it might ruin your that. mental health, but I think it'd be so much fun. You also like. I've done a good job today because you know me. Can I read a text message and participate in the show? Typically. Oh my God, no! It's awful. What's in? Yeah, what's into you today? Are you taking some of the stuff that Alex Jones always promotes that makes you into a superhuman? Uh, what is that like? Uh, beet juice or something? <laughs> yes, something. I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess maybe because I'm not responding to most. I'm mainly responding during uh, the breaks. But oh, I I don't even have to click on this one. The first two uh, words are Ron Jeremy. I know who sent that. Okay, BFC. That's He's right. Listening to the show. What's up, BFC? Glad you're doing well. Here's one that says, "Will you respond to me just to respond to me?" Sure, we can do that. All right, let's hit a quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. we got a couple of segments left, closing it out. Tyler's up there at Trey's Bar and Grill, hanging out with the ref Tulsa Day. we got the Arkansas game tomorrow. Stay tuned. All right, a couple more segments remaining on this Tulsa Day Friday. We've been having a great time at Trey's Bar and Grill right here in Tulsa, 798 East 108th Street. Trent just came by. It's his birthday today. How about that? It's his birthday today, so he's celebrating uh, for a little bit with us. Hey, um, OU Arkansas tomorrow, though, 1230 on ESPN2. Arkansas's 9-0. They're ranked 12th in the country. Matchup predictor, uh, who cares, but OU 41.5% chance to win. You know, Teddy, when people get excited about OU basketball, it normally happens around late December or early January when there's a ton of excitement that builds up. Is this the type of win tomorrow that when we get to conference play on New Year's Day could really build a ton of momentum and everyone's packing the LNC, or is it going to take more than an Arkansas win in Tulsa to do that? Um, you know, here's the thing. I think Arkansas is a really good basketball team. They did some good things last year. They've got a great coach. They're picked to do really well this year. They're top ten right now, I believe, aren't they? Um, uh, Twelve in the AP. Josh, 12. are they are they top ten in the coaches? Is that right? Yes, uh, I thought they were 10, eight. Okay. Or are they ten? Okay. Uh, yeah, um, twelve in the AP, ten in the coaches. Yeah, you guys are right. Um, 
I don't know that Arkansas is viewed as that good right now. I do do does everyone know that they're that good right now? Like they yeah, bounced I mean, back? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, again, they deep run in the NCAA tournament last year. Um, y- yes, I think it'd be a very respectful win if they do that. I think it's an awesome win, and I think a lot of people would would think it's a good win. But is it one that all of a sudden like kind of changes the whole narrative around the basketball team? I don't know. It's kind of a weird time for that. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of times, and maybe it's different this year because of what's going on with the football team, and we're not in a playoff. But a lot of years, it's hard to get a whole lot of interest before football season is over. That yeah. may change this year. They've done a pretty good job so far at the home games. Yeah, and, and that's what I was about to but say. But the students is, are about to be gone. Yeah, that's true. Um, but, th- yeah, I mean, that's a good point. It's, well, is the Arkansas win, could that ignite the fan base like it did when Trey was going off and, you know, Buddy and the guys look like they could make a deep run in the tournament? I don't know, but they're starting at a much better place than most years. True. You know, when we're talking about November home games in the past, it's been a – cavernous feel in the lnc but dude the students are showing up got more than they have since probably 2016 when you made that final four so they're not in a bad spot right now attendance wise no they're not it's it's been pretty good there's been a good reaction i think people are i think people are excited to watch porter moser and how he is on the sideline and it comes with a pretty good basketball team so far. And I think they're going to continue to get better and better. I mean, that's the real exciting thing is it's essentially a, a group of, what, 15, 18 guys that didn't know each other a couple of months ago. I, <laughs> I, I probably had never heard of each other. And they've come together really quickly, have been forced together really quickly, and they've grown quite a bit already. And, you know, who knows what they're the, what they look like by – you know, March or so. Yeah. Well, if they can beat Arkansas tomorrow, that's two huge top fifteen wins before mid December. Um, and then you got UT Arlington at home. You got Alcorn State at home. You would think that those are two easy wins. You could be ten and two going into conference play, man. And now conference play is pretty rough when they open up. Three out of their first four are against you know at second ranked Baylor. 17th ranked Iowa State at home, who's real good this year. They got picked uh, last in the preseason. They beat Iowa by like 20 last night. And then you got to go to Texas. So the first two weeks of conference season isn't easy. You pick up this win, and in terms of like tournament seeding, which is probably way too early to talk about, you're kind of, you're pretty far ahead of the eight ball for what the expectations were with this team. Yeah. And, you know, one of the teams also that was a, a big win, and maybe you mentioned this, but. Uh, I don't, I don't know if they were top twenty-five, but it was a tournament team that re, you know brought back everyone. Was the UCF win? Yeah, and I think that was UCF's first loss on the year. Right? We gave Florida their first loss on the year, and I know it's early, but uh, if you give if you hand Arkansas their first loss on the year, yeah, that'd be big. That's a nice UCF, run. UCF UCF's what five and two right now. They got beat up by Auburn. Um, a couple weeks ago on the road, but Auburn's a pretty good basketball team this year. So, yeah, I, I think that they're going to have some stu- some substance in their non-con. Dude, Florida had an awful loss, though, uh, last week. So they need Florida to start playing better basketball in the SEC. But I, I think overall, man, Porter excited everyone. 
And I think really for the most part, not only has he kept that excitement, I, I think that maybe he's even bumped that up a notch or two. And I say that because the loss on Wednesday night, I think a, I think a lot more people were upset by it than they realized that they were going to be. You know what I mean? Like this at this point in the season, you know, you're not watching OU basketball games as intently as you will be in, say, mid-February. Right. But you felt like you gave one away, and the OU fans that I talked to have been like, God, man, God, we let that one get away. That was a tough loss, man. Golly. Like, I think that that's a really good sign for where we're out excitement-wise if there was, like, that type of reaction after a home loss in, you know, in the middle of the week. Right. Uh <laughs> This this number's been texting jokes all day long, and I don't know, maybe this is an old one, but he said, are we nicknaming the LNC the Porterhouse yet? <laughs> we should. That's actually pretty good. That's, I like it better than LNC. No, you know what? How about this? We're not naming it the Porterhouse. When he gets that new arena built in Norman, oh, we'll name that one the Porterhouse. How that's about right. That, huh? Let's go. That's Let's get that thing built. Right. No, that's good stuff. Uh, yeah, man, I, it sounds like they sold – T. Rose says they sold 14,000 It's crazy, tickets. man. It's crazy. Are you buying that, or is that T. Rowe giving the company line? Come on. <laughs> He's giving the company line on ticket sales now? Yeah. Um, I buy it because Nebraska, or Nebraska, Arkansas is um, passionate about their basketball team, man. When is the They're last gonna... time OU played in front of 14,000 fans basketball? Oh my gosh! The Final Four. Uh, well, they is there they have that four- many at the Big Twelve tournament? There's not even that many at the Big Twelve tournament, is there? They have fourteen thousand on the reg at the Fog, so yeah. maybe that. Is that one. how big that? I didn't realize it was that big. It held that many. So yeah. All right. Uh, quick timeout. More yeah. from the rush coming up. Final segment of the week is next. Stay tuned. You know what? Well, I'm a chicken fried. Cold beer on a Friday night A pair of jeans that fit just right And the radio Final segment on a Tulsa day, wow What a great day it's been It's been a humbling day Tulsa, you guys Honest to God, you exceeded our expectations of what this day was going to be like. I was trying it out for the first time. You showed up for every single show. You were loud. You were engaging. Um, you guys are awesome. We're going to do it again soon. Thank you to everyone that came out. Thank you to all the locations, including Trey's Bar and Grill right here in Tulsa. Thank you to the OU Club of Tulsa, who really pushed and promoted our events. And, hey, though Tulsa Day is done in about five minutes, I'm going to be out and about again tomorrow. Lefties on Greenwood immediately following the OU Arkansas basketball game. We're going to be doing a two-hour postgame show. So Tulsa Day is over, but we're still going to be out and about around the BOK tomorrow. So that is going to be a lot of fun. One college football game to watch this weekend, Army and Navy. And you and I are both big supporters of all of the military branches. I would say Army-Navy is... Right there at the top of my sports bucket list, man. I don't know about you, but Army-Navy would be legit. I say it every year, but I'd love to go to it someday. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, it's got a really cool feel to it. and Yeah, it, it would be interesting. Uh, the game is almost secondary, right? 
uh, compared yeah. to all of yeah. the other uh, goings on, uh, I should say. Yeah, that would be really cool. That's it's fun that they get their own weekend. It's going to be awesome. Uh, going to be a fun weekend in the NFL. Looks like there's going to be some weather coming in up north. Nice, I love that. Um, love that, Tyler. It's looking more and more like maybe the best hire so far for current University of Oklahoma head football coach Brent Venables, the turnip seed hire. <laughs> Seriously, people are hyping that one up. Like, what, what did you what did you text me a minute ago? Like all the renovations that he got he, done at Clemson. Apparently, Turnip Seed has been the behind the scenes guy at Alabama and Clemson, and like all kinds of project projects, uh, analytical projects, infrastructure projects, recruiting projects. Apparently, he is the guy that gets things done. Like, yep. Coaches yep. go out and recruit, coaches coach, players play, but everything else that happens that you don't see, apparently it's him. So uh, that may that may be one of the, the best parts about the staff so far. That's crazy, man. Some guy named Turnipseed may be behind the scenes. and Oh, okay. Well, his, his personnel we to, staff may be great behind the scenes. We need to check in with Landry and see if he knows anything about Turnipseed. Um, I'll do that over the weekend. I'll text Chris Landry. Maybe he can come. I'll, I'll try to get Chris on with us early next week. Yeah. Um, he's our favorite guy. He's so good. He's our favorite guest. And I would imagine that he's got some really he's got some really good things to say about Brent Venables. Maybe I'm crazy here. I'm not in the coaching circles, per se. But BV strikes me as one of those guys that no one says anything negative about. One, you respect his ability as a coach but two he seems like the most awesome guy that's out there right yeah and i saw landry pretty early on in this deal um saying that it's the best hire oklahoma could make so nice good yeah we'll see i know he's he's always got suggestions and sometimes people don't like to hear him but uh i just figured because he he has such a close track record with Saban that he he has to know who Turnipseed is and kind of what his role yeah. is and if he's a guy that moves the needle. Could be a uh, loud weekend for OU on the recruiting trail. You got all those guys coming in for official visits. Yeah. Hey, by the way, someone someone this morning we were talking about you, one of the Tulsa listeners, he's like, Man, that Teddy, he's a character. I just love all the time when he just says, yeah, <laughs> randomly all the time. So just know that there are people out there that love that. Great. Uh, that's funny. Oh, yeah, hey, man. they could have a quarterback commit for this class by the end of the weekend. Yeah, Arch Nick Manning? Evers. Oh, that's next class. Oh. Okay. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a guy can dream, right? Everyone needs to calm down and just have the faith of a turnip seed. Do you think when Arch commits to OU, they'll have a Manning cast for all OU games? Ooh, now you're talking. It'd be pretty sweet, huh? We can out. I think we've we've thrown some money around recently. We can outbid Amazon. I think for the for <laughs> those services, right? Now, man. Hey, excited about the basketball game tomorrow? OU in Arkansas. That's that's a big one, man. And um, I am going to be Mr. Homer here and pick OU to win by three. Yeah. Call me a loser, but that's fine. I'll take Arkansas in a tight game. I think they win by I think they win by six. They extend it late with some uh, foul shots. Uh, great text here on the text line. Last one of the day. Uh, just a simple text. Yeah. <laughs> I love that 
That's so, that's so good. <laughs> Nicely done. All right, thanks, uh, Tulsa. It was a lot of fun. Tyler, one last time there from Trey's. Yeah, Trey's Bar and Grill. Man, if you're not going to the BOK for the game tomorrow, come by Trey's. Um, awesome environment, really cool. Just stuff, all the jerseys on the wall, TVs, everything. It's got to be Tulsa's place to watch sports. Trey's Bar and Grill, 7891 East 108th Street. And appreciate everyone hitting us on the text line. It was interesting for me to run it. I'll say it was fun, but it wasn't real fun. Everyone have a nice weekend. Enjoy an ice cold Pacifico or 10.